Hello. We are back with a little uh, more of a subdued episode of Shlomo and the Semi-Pro. My name is Todd. This is... I'm Danny. I am what some might call a semi-pro. I call you a semi-pro, and that's all that matters. So <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this uh, late week edition. We're going to kind of uh, have a beginning of the year or first three-week recap of the Viking season so far, and I'm going to tell you why you should be optimistic. And sure, I'm you know I'm a homer, but I think I'm a realist, and the quality of play from the Vikings has really only progressed throughout the three weeks. We have had a I, I'm not necessarily a Dalvin Dalvin Cook fumble away, but we were. I mean, that was the main, that was the key thing that happened, right? And our yeah. loss to Cincinnati. Um, Greg Joseph hit backs back fifty yarders to send us to overtime, um, and we played okay. We ha- had a very 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 rocky first half. Um, I was at the game; it was insane. Cincinnati is not a place I would ever want to visit again. Um, glad I don't live there. And the one thing I did want to say as far as like a comparison is this. The Minnesota Vikings did not play their star players in the preseason. A lot of, a lot of teams do not, um, for injury reasons, right? You don't want to risk it. So I'm a big golfer. I've made golf comparisons on this podcast before. And the main one I want to basically talk about is whenever I play golf, and I encourage this to my friends who I play with is if you're, if you are playing a nice course and you want to play well, you're not just out drinking with your buddies. The first three holes of the 18, I do not really care what happens. I want to, I want to just feel my swing, get to know the course. And that's that no matter what happens, whether I play well scoring wise, whether I make a birdie, or make a bogey or make a double bogey. I really don't care what happens in the first three holes. The really the game starts on hole number four, and the reason that matters when it, in comparison to in any sport, right? You can do anything and everything you can or should do when it comes to preparation, but when it comes to the actual game, it's a whole different ball game. So literally, if you're listening to this and you play any sport, think about that and practicing versus playing. There are a ton of differences. You can. Danny's a semi-pro. He played football. He was quarterback and punter. From a quarterback standpoint, you can go against you know your friends on defense all day. They can scheme against you. They can throw different shit at you. But when it comes to actually playing against, going you know traveling to an opposition's field and hearing the fans cheer against you and boo and all that jazz, you can't really prep for that, right? Um, and the Vikings got hit hard in Cincinnati. We just weren't honor a game to start and the first three games is honestly like the first three holes of golf a golf match for me um you say hey we got our feet under us thank god we're one and two we look good against we looked really good against seattle um and we've progressed each week and now we are ready for the quote-unquote season to start and that's really how i'm looking at this especially with another game added to the regular season yeah i think it's a it's a great kind of view of those first three games here. Definitely disappointing to uh, to any fan to have your team start out at one and two. But I look around the league and, you know, there there are some teams that are sitting at three and oh, but I think those, for the most part, the teams that are at three and oh, 
uh, have kind of deserved to, to be there. Um, they played very well. They, they've been on, on teams that are very well coached, um, and they've got good play from their quarterback and, and their top players. Um, the Vikings are maybe the second most, third most dangerous uh, one and two team right now. Um, you've got Kansas City in the mix uh, at one and two as well. So, you know, when I see that that start to the season, um, you mentioned, you know, your one Dalvin Cook fumble away, mm-hmm. um, your Greg Joseph field goal away, um, and maybe that team's sitting at three and zero oh now. Um, played very well against Seattle uh, all around. You know, Mike Zimmer uh, made the comment uh, after the game that uh, offensively, in his uh, head coaching years, that was probably the the best coached and executed offensive game plan that he's he's seen uh, in, in his years as a, as a Vikings head coach. And that's really uh, a huge positive coming out of that, especially without your starting running back in Dalvin cook. Uh, so to have those, you know, these, these really nice remarks from, from your coach, your quarterback is playing lights out right now. Um, you know, if, if Minnesota is, is two and one, if Minnesota is three and oh, um, I think you have Kirk and Matt Stafford at the top of the MVP, early MVP race, if you will. Um, I do think this upcoming week uh, against uh, Cleveland is going to be the test. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it was Courtney Cronin mentioned uh, about Seattle. This Seattle team, we look at them on on paper and on our schedule early on, and we think that's a really good win. This is a very good Seattle team. She mentioned that this Seattle win may not look as good as we think down the road. Um, Seattle is at the bottom of, of the NFC West. Um, that NFC West is absolutely loaded. And they may end up not having a great season record-wise. Um, and so maybe that Seattle win is one where we took advantage of, of a team that might not be as good as we thought, which is why I look forward to a game like the Browns, a team that – we have seen through the first three weeks the Browns are legit. Um, that defense is disgusting. Uh, Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney and and combined last week they had six and a half sacks. I think as a team they had nine or ten uh, playing against a a pretty dismal uh, performance from the Chicago Bears. But I look forward to to this game where we know they're a well coached team. They've got an old Viking and Kevin Stefanski. Um, they've got some great running backs, a really nice quarterback who. Uh, you know, reminds me of Kirk Cousins where he's kind of that game manager. I think he's got a little bit more swag, a little bit more to him in, in Baker Mayfield. Uh, but he does really just kind of manage the game. He's not going to put up, you know, lightning numbers and and they control the game by running the ball. So it's going to, I'm, I'm just excited for, for this, this week. I think our defense is starting to mesh a little bit more. Uh, the secondary starting to come together. Uh, but I love that you mentioned these first three weeks kind of being that, rev the engines up a little bit mm-hmm. uh there's definitely some some work to be done um but i I'm, I'm excited to see where things are at this early in the season and so as we are, we're watching the cincinnati Bengals uh beat the jacksonville jaguars to go to three and one so even with a record of offensive we set a record for offensive penalties right something yep. like that in the first half even with all of that right and even with JJ playing, uh, having not played for a year, not having any preseason action. Yep. Same with Dalvin. Same with I think Thielen. Um, he might have had a little preseason action. Yeah, a little bit. But n- you can't. Again, you can only do so much in practice. And so, with all of that said, and you're on the road in Cincinnati, we still went to overtime with a 
actually three and one football team. I don't care who they who they played. They beat Pittsburgh. Um, they could not have a great record at the end of the season, but they're a decent football team. That's the Cincinnati Bengals of the past. So to your point, it'll be great to see we've progressed each week, and now we have a certified stud of a team in the um, Cleveland Browns coming to town. It is at home. Yep, that's a huge advantage for Big us. Big time. Big huge time. Huge advantage. Um, and they're they're very good on all th- on all three levels of the game. So defensively, it'll be very interesting. I think if you were to actually look at one weak point of the Browns, you could say maybe secondary ish. Um, I mean, the D line is going to cause havoc. Uh, our offensive line is going to be tested. So we'll see. But as far as the first three three weeks, I have loved. I mean, our special teams play. It's Greg Joseph has he's missed one kick. Yeah, he's missed an extra point here yeah. and there. Yeah, but he's reliable. He has a he does have a clutch gene. You could be listening to this and screaming in your car in disagreement because you know he didn't miss a kick against Arizona, and that is very very true. But he also banged two fifty yarders against the Bengals, and that right. you can't just that's that is a invaluable trait in kickers. You either have it or you don't. We gave up too early on Daniel Carlson, unfortunately. Um, Blair Walsh didn't have it, had a great rookie year. Yep. And then he, that, I mean, the, the kick against Seattle literally just mentally, I think he uh, combusted and just yep. is not a, couldn't be a kicker from there on out. So we have Greg Joseph, the coach believes in him, which is key. Big time. I don't know if, I don't know if him being a grandpa has made him a little more optimistic, but. Um, <laughs> Zimmer's coach- shown a little, uh, a little soft spot there for, yes. for the kicker. But we, we texted it about this, um, you know, after that Zimmer comment came out and it is, it is so massive to, uh, to the psyche of, of a kicker, someone that's out there four or five plays a game, you know, maybe a few more with, with extra points in there. But um, if you are questioning, am I going to make this kick? Uh, If I miss this kick, am I going to get tossed from my job? Mm. Um, If you have all of those thoughts going in and you can't just go kick the ball, Zimmer has been as hard on his kickers as any other coach in the league and probably more. And you see the Viking struggles in Zimmer's, uh, head coaching tenure um, and how poor they have been mm-hmm. uh, to have that kind of confidence, um, whether it was just false confidence to the media or not, but to say those things and to have your, your kickers back and, and to voice that outwardly like he did um, is huge for, for Greg Joseph. And and I think for the first time in a while, it's, it's one of those uh, one of those deals where, the kicker steps up and, and you're feeling a little bit of confidence that things are going to go their way. Um, you know, it was, it was funny. Uh, Nick Olson, who is on, on Twitter, um, a very good Twitter follower and, and he, or good Twitter follow, pardon me, uh, does a lot of stuff with the uh, Minnesota Vikings and, and stats and everything. He tweeted out a, a graphic that basically showed um how bad the Vikings were at kicking Mm -hmm. and how good other teams were against the Vikings when it came to kicking. Uh, And you go back and just look at the Seattle game last week and, and Jason Myers missed his first kick in like two years against the Vikings and Greg Joseph was perfect on the day. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you, you start to see some of these things are, are turning in the Vikings favor a little bit. Um, You know, we, we have 
a really good punter in Jordan Berry. Uh, that 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 last kick in the fourth quarter there goes out on the one yard line. Yep. My goodness, like it, when when special teams are going for you, it, it is such a a reassuring, uh, you know, comfort mm-hmm. that you don't have to worry about that phase of the game, and you're really looking at about three four people there with your kicker, punter, long snapper, and returners. Yep. Where if those four or five people are are going to be okay, mm-hmm. you can almost kind of autopilot that a little bit and and really be able to focus on other phases of the game. So it's exciting to see what's going on with with Greg Joseph. Um, you know, he last kicked in in twenty eighteen for the Cleveland Browns too. So for him here coming up, uh, you have an opportunity to to kick against the team that let you go uh, three years ago, and and hopefully he's able to kind of have what we'll call a revenge game and, and really put something up there. And, uh, and ideally, you know, like, like we said, if he makes that kick against uh, the Cardinals, we're not even having this conversation right now too. It's just kind of a, a mute point by then. And yeah, it's the uh, ease of mind when your kicker jogs onto the field to, instead of having a panic be like, oh God, I really don't know if he's going to make this 45 yard. He just missed an extra point. You, you actually have confidence, which is very rare for a Vikings fan when seeing a kicker jog out to the field. I would I, love to feel what a Baltimore Raven fan feels oh, like. Unbelievable. When when Tucker walks up it's to, to stroke there. It's unbelievable. When when the dude is going to hit a 66 yarder for you and, and you're just like, yeah, game's ours. We got this. Like, yep. you know, whatever. I, that feeling hasn't existed since Gary Anderson in 98. Yeah, literally, literally. <laughs> it's insane. And it's uh, some, a feeling I crave. And I, I'm jealous of the Baltimore fans because uh, it's something that you can count on. And it's a reliable it's a reliable thing. It's a reliable aspect to your game. And we haven't had that for a while. And I think – I hope this doesn't jinx, Greg, if you're listening to this. You know, you're great. Keep yeah, – knock on wood. Uh, and I think as long as Zimmer – to your point earlier, if the coach has your back – if you look over to the coach and he is has an angry face on before your kick, yep. you know it's going to intimidate you. And if Zim has has his back and he's confident in you, that that is that can just blow your confidence. Uh, you know, sky's the limit for you, right? It, it's you have more you have more belief in yourself than you ever thought you could because you have those the players and the coaching staff behind you. So that's awesome. Um, one thing I did want to kind of transition to is the fact that. We are talking about a Minnesota Vikings team still that is not at full strength. Yeah. We still have Anthony Barr out. Our first round draft pick has not, is starting to practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully he'll be healthy. We're not rushing him back. Um, Dalvin Cook has missed a game already, even though he sounds like he's rehab's going great. He could be back for Cleveland. Um, I don't, touching on Cleveland real quick, it's a great. Um, measurement test for us. Game four, in my opinion, the, the first real test of the season after we're actually clicking. Kirk is on, I mean, fire on all cylinders, absolutely on fire. JJ and Adam are involved. Dalvin, who knows if we have him. And the defense is starting to come around because, again, you have so many new starters on defense. Think about that in Cincinnati. You're looking to your left and right, and you just met these guys months ago. Yep. Um, and so Patrick Peterson is another guy who did yep. not play in preseason. Yep. So, again, you're actually – the chemistry is starting to build, starting to build. Cleveland's going to be a great test for us. I do not – I am massively on the side that this is not a must-win. But if we are competitive, Cleveland is a – Cleveland is absolutely – What would you, do you agree with this? They are a top-10 football team in the NFL? Yeah, I think they're a top-5 football team, okay, to okay, be honest. Exactly. And, and I think 
to your point of it being or not being a must win, I think that Seattle game, a lot of folks considered that to be a must win. Yes. Um, that was that, you know, if you go 0-3 and, and now you've got Cleveland coming to the town and and you might be staring at 0-4 there, mm-hmm. um, 0-4 is a lot different than 1-3 and in my mind right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, I, I think you those two early losses in the season, well, yeah, they're tough. Mm-hmm. That's an undefeated Arizona team and a 3-1 and Cincinnati team that yep. you lost to right now, mm-hmm. uh, which that's looking real nice for for those teams. And, and Cincinnati – you know that that AFC North is not looking incredibly strong mm-hmm. anyway. Nope. Um, you know, with with the Ravens are so up and down, they almost lost to the Lions. I don't know what's going on in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and obviously you have, you have Cleveland with that. But between Cleveland and and Cincinnati, you might have two you know playoff teams that we're going to play here in the first four weeks of the season, mm-hmm. uh, which will kind of give us a really nice barometer towards what the outlook really could be. So. Um, I think things are 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 looking, um, you know, positive. I agree with you. I don't think it's a must win. Uh, what I'm looking for is: Are you looking competitive? Are those three uh, phases of the game still moving in 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 the right direction? Uh, is Kirk still doing what he needs to do? Is our offensive line still clicking? And and we you always talk about the trenches. Is is the defensive line really starting to step up and and create pressure as well? Which ultimately then helps a guy like Patrick Peterson, but the guy that I think needs the most help right now is, is Bashad Breeland on the other side. Oh my gosh. He is uh, struggle city. I believe the comparison was made to uh, Drew Samia because I believe on PFF, which is a site that ranks your performance on the field. Uh, he is the worst cornerback in the league right now. Uh, so yeah, Patrick Peterson, it's a good thing. Uh, like offensive linemen with cor- cornerbacks, if you're not hearing their name, they're most likely doing an okay job because uh, if they're getting picked on and obviously allowing a lot of catches, then you're just going to continue to hear like we have with the Vikings this year, Brashad Breeland, Brashad Breeland. And he is, uh, yeah, he's had a rough start to the se- season to say the least. Uh, it actually, preseason-wise, got burned by Tyreek Hill there. Um, yeah, he's uh, he, he can use a revamp game here. He's going to be going against a slightly crippled um, Cleveland Browns wide receiver in corpse. Yep. Jarvis Landry's out. OBJ is coming back from an ACL injury um, suffered last year. So it'll be interesting to see how we handle that. Um, One thing I did also want to touch on, which is kind of interesting going back to Dalvin being out last week. I was thinking about this. Alexander Madison is a phenomenal backup running back in the NFL. One team though, that I think has hands down the best quote unquote one, two punch in the NFL is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, easily. Easily. And, and, you know, a big part of that is what Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt do in tandem. Um, they can both run between the tackles, number one. So when you send in Kareem Hunt, you're not sending in, um, you know, Darren Sproles, who you want to, you know, avoid some hits on and keep him outside and, and get some swing passes and get him in the flat and get him in space. Kareem Hunt can run through the tackles all you need him to. Same game plan. Same game plan. Yeah. But what you can do with Kareem Hunt that's a little bit different is he has this uh, elusiveness to him uh, that Nick Chubb doesn't quite have. But Nick Chubb has that breakaway speed where if you can get him between the tackles, he's a one-cut-and-go kind of a guy that, you know, it's sweet to see how they work together and and how Stefanski uses them. And, uh, you know, I saw a video earlier this week on on the two of them communicating during the game, uh, you know, this last week against the Bears. and it was their 
you know, in full support. It's a lot of what we see with Dalvin and Alexander Madison. Um, I just don't think Madison provides exactly what Kareem Hunt provides to uh, to Nick Chubb. Um, but it's 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 really really cool to watch those two play, and that's why I think Cleveland runs the ball so much and, and controls the game so much. You've got forty five carries right there between two guys, uh, and you don't have to throw the ball as much. So yeah, the receiving core um, you know isn't as great, uh, but as you mentioned, a great opportunity for Breland to really focus in know that he may only have, you know, six, seven targets come his way. Take advantage of those. We're very, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, because you're the semi-pro, I'm just, you know, Shlomo, the Shmo. Um, We have a very similarly structured teams, right? It's a very punch them in the mouth, try to run down their throat. The trenches are supposedly supposed to be strong. Yep. Our, our offensive line is getting there. Our defensive line, we spent a ton of money uh, building that up. And so I know Cleveland's both of their lines are phenomenal. I don't know necessarily, though, about their run defense. I know them pressuring the quarterback and getting sacks is, is awesome. They have, obviously, Jadavion and Miles Garrett. But they're going to be running into arguably the biggest strength of our team with Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, Daniil Hunter. Then you have you can toss in Sheldon Richardson in there um, from a, um, a run defensive perspective. It's going to be a very interesting ballgame because you could have Baker need to adapt a little bit if we knock on wood, if we somehow do shut down their run game or make it a little less than what it has been. Because um, with Cleveland, again, the run game only opens up the pass game, right? Mm-hmm. You know this as a quarterback. It only makes the passing games a lot more clear, a lot more open. Um, and if the run game is not there, you have to adapt. And I think we are set up for success there. Um, that's what that's what Zimmer love. That's what Zimmer thinks. That's what Zimmer's paid to do. He's a defensive coach, and that's what Spielman. We've put our money in the offseason to establish that. So we have Nick Vigil, who's been a pleasant surprise this year, who's yeah. a great tackler. Eric Kendricks is one of the best inside linebackers in the league. Um, and then we have Harrison, who's coming down to the box and is a great tackler as well. So I think we're – I don't know. I'm I'm optimistic. Again, I am from here. I'm a lifelong Vikings fan. Um, I just – from a schematic standpoint, I think we match up well. Yeah, so looking at their at their run defense quick and uh, um, kind of throwing just a few stats out there. So their uh, run defense is allowing 67 yards per game. Oof. Okay. Um, which – 67 yards per game, that tells me, okay, they're doing something right. However, let's just look at this really quick. They played Kansas City week one. Kansas City obviously has Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be throwing the ball around. That's what they do. Um, at that point in, in, in the season two, Clyde, Edward, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire wasn't you know breaking out, doing a whole lot yet. Um, uh, the Williams uh, guy they have wasn't, wasn't doing a whole lot either. Uh, then you go to – you play Houston – uh, Houston's got Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram, and and they're not running the ball anyway either. Uh, so there's a team where you're probably gonna have a low rushing total too. And then you've got Chicago come to town. Chicago falls behind early, and they had I, I can't remember how many three and out Chicago had during uh, that game as well, where you don't really even get an opportunity to establish your run. Uh, and if you can't establish your run, you don't really have any effect in the passing game or the play action game, and I think you know Montgomery had something like forty-seven yards that game. Um, you know something just, or thirty-four is what I see. Ten carries for thirty-four, but that's the deal. Is he has ten carries for thirty-four. 
Um, you know, if he's able to get the ball a little bit more in his hands, they can do something. So I think that number, as I view it at this point in the season, might be a little skewed. Um, I don't know if it's a true barometer yet of what their run defense is like. But again, that's why there's Sunday. And that's why it's going to be really exciting to see what our offensive line can do against their defensive line. Um, it's going to be a game that's that's in the trenches. I anticipate it to be lower scoring for the Viking standards, at least this year. Um, you know, ending maybe with three scores and a couple field goals would be would be great for the Vikes. Uh, but I don't think we'll see that 30-point mark, which means our defense is going to have to do something to reduce the points that they've been allowing. Uh, you know, show up like you did against uh, Seattle, and and you might have some some favorable uh, stats coming your way at the end of the week. And one thing you just touched on, which kind of complements the way I started this podcast, is that number for them being a quote unquote great run defense. On the surface, that is yes, they are a phenomenal run defense. But yep. when you look in, when you actually go beneath the surface and look into it, they haven't been tested. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing like this, like. The Vikings started the season off one and two, right? But who have they lost to and have they really been clicking, right? Like the first four games of the season, you could have an undefeated team that does not make the playoffs. I can guarantee you that. Or at least a three and one team who then just falls off a cliff. A lot of it is fake and a lot of it – talk to me in the middle of the season. Talk to me weeks 11, 12, 13 when teams are actually established and they actually have an identity and when they've actually faced a formidable foe. Um, We have a run game and we have a quarterback literally playing at an MVP level. So the Bears, going off your point, started a rookie quarterback who I believe completed six balls? Six for 20. Six for 20. Phenomenal game. So when you have that as your quarterback and then you have – I, I, why would, if you're Cleveland, why wouldn't you put eight in the box? Yep. Right. Absolutely. If you do that at Kirk, against Kirk Cousins, we're going to win. Please, right. please try that, Cleveland. Um, so again, this is a great, I'm very excited. Um, I'm getting more and more excited as I'm talking. And we, it's going to be a great game. Um, it might be a low scoring game, but it, from a skill standpoint, names wise, it's a very talented, a lot of talent's going to be at US Bank Stadium. That's right. Yeah. Um, a lot of big names. Yep. It's not going to be a, a boring game. I'm actually shocked it's not on national TV, but lucky for us it's at noon. So we are at home, uh, which is, again, I think going to be – it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It. I think it played – it was Justin Jefferson's first time in front of fans, and he even commented – They. Uh, he was mic'd up, and he even commented how loud it was. So hopefully uh, – I mean, Baker is a slight vet, but when it comes to a run game, they will be tested for sure. Um, and I'm excited to hopefully prove that number of 67 yards a game. I hope mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see that as fiction come Monday next week. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be it'll be a great game as we've you know talked about throughout. Um, you know, we we continue to kind of say this is not that turning point for for the team here, but it's going to be a really good gauge for what they can do against really good teams. And being that Cleveland is, is a really good team, I, I, I think the Vikings are in, uh, you know, talks for maybe, I, in my opinion, top 12 teams in the league. Uh, they just haven't really done anything yet to back that up. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the week to do that. And this is to, the week to show that, that you are one of those top teams in the league, uh, that, you know, the, the, some hype that you had going into the season, uh, you know, 
at least local media and, and some others, uh, you know, around the nation were saying on paper, this team looks like it's, it's going to be very competitive. Um, you know, they, they, they could easily, you know, when, when Aaron Rodgers was going through his uh, saga stuff, they were saying this team could very easily win the division um, and, and be able to make a push in the playoffs too. And um, obviously the, the Packers are playing well so far, but um, you know, this is that opportunity to really show uh, you can step up, you can, you know, play a really good defense and, and do what you need to do to, uh, to get a W. So I'm confident I have the Vikings winning. Um, you know, I think it, it ends up being something like a 26-20 or 26, uh, you know, 17 kind of a game. Um, it, to me, it's, it's going to be a trenches game. If we can get penetration, uh, if we can control the run on, on defense, um, and then just, you know, when it comes to Baker throwing, he's a guy that likes to use those checkdowns, those shorter passes, uh, allow our guys to just, you know, play some nice, uh, you know, tight zones. Um, when it comes time to go man on man, allow Breland to maybe get a little bit of help over top. Um, but I'm, I'm very, very confident in, in our, our offense, uh, so long as our line is able to, uh, to, you know, do something positive. Yeah. To your point, the hype train of the Minnesota Vikings was shut down pretty quick when you go 0-2. Yep. Um, got a little back on the rails, uh, winning against Seattle at home. And now it's really our first test. So I think it's a it's a I'm very excited because it's a I think it's a win-win in our book. It's if we win, obviously, sure, Todd, it's a win. But if we lose, at least we know we went up against a great opponent and we can kind of see where we're at on right. different levels. So yep. uh, with that being said, folks, appreciate you tuning in. I uh, hope you are excited for the game this Sunday as we both are. Um, I'm Shlomo, that is a semi-pro, and we will talk to y'all next week.